Oh, good morning and uh, happy new year. It's uh, it's a new year. It's a new start. And uh, I wonder what your aspirations are for 2023. I wonder what your um, resolutions are for 2023. Perhaps you have resolved to read the whole Bible this year. Perhaps you've resolved to eat better and exercise more. Maybe to be more kind to others. Perhaps to do one act of kindness to a stranger every week. Perhaps you've resolved to spend less time on screen and more time with people. Perhaps you have arranged to meet up with a friend or you plan to meet up with a friend every week just to have that sort of face-to-face contact. Perhaps these were your resolutions for 2022 and you've kept them all. Does that make you a good person? Well, that question sort of brings us to the question we're asking today in our question time series. The question as is on the screen there is this. Do I get to heaven if I try to be good? Now, that's a very good question. And it's a question that a lot of people ask and have asked throughout history. And perhaps you are sitting here today and you have that question yourself. Do I get to heaven if I try to be good? We're going to turn to the Bible to find the answer. I'm sure that's not a surprise to you. Before we do that, let me ask you some counter questions. How good is good? Is it a qualitative measure or is it a quantitative measure? I mean, if I have wasted decades in bad living and turn a corner and do well for a year, is that sufficient? Is that good? That's a sort of kind of a quantitative thing or is it more a qualitative thing is it what if I do one extraordinary deed does that mean that's good good enough is that sufficient or perhaps is it is it all about trying you know if I try to be good is it is the emphasis here is it about trying you know if we all make a good go at it is that what is required. And by whose standard do we measure goodness? Is it what Stephen thinks is good or is it what Rico thinks is good or what is good in this country or whose standard are we measuring? Now if we were having a conversation and you were asking me the question, do I get to heaven if I try to be good? Those are the sort of questions I would ask back to you. Not to be rude, of course, but just to make you think. 
about this question. So, what does the Bible say about this? Well, let's turn to the Bible and let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And these are... um, Possibly, probably, my favourite verses in the Bible. We could turn to many verses in the Bible, and we'll turn to one other section later. But I want to read to you three verses, and they're on the screen, and you can read them there as well. And it says, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 to this for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Now, in the, in the verses leading up to um, this, these verses that we've read together, Paul tells us why we need to be saved. And we're going to think about that word first of all today for by grace you have been saved and in the verses before this Paul tells us why we need to be saved now to be saved means to be on the road to heaven and the question is if I try to be good do I get to heaven (coughs) to be saved means that you are on the road to heaven you have eternal life which begins here and now And continues into eternity. And Paul says in these opening verses in this chapter. That we are dead, disobedient drifters destined for destruction. That that would summarize these, um, these verses. We are dead in our sins and in our trespasses. Because of our disobedience to God, we are drifting and we are destined for destruction. And that's why we need to be saved. One of the the sort of standout pictures of 2022 is this one. I suppose there might be many or some Photos that would come to your mind or some occasions perhaps or some footage of the year that's just gone by which stands out to you. And this is one that stands out to me. And you might have seen this photo or you might have seen this video actually. And it is taken of a woman called Anita Alvarez from the USA and she was 
competing in the World Aquatics Championships in Budapest in June, in the year that's just gone. And she was in the pool performing when she had some kind of a seizure. She, she fainted and she was sinking to the bottom of the pool. And her coach, Andrea Fuentes, she was aware of this and she dived into the pool and she took her out of the pool and she rescued her life. She was saved. She would have died in that pool if it had not been for her coach coming, noticing, diving into the pool and lifting her up. Anita Alvarez needed to be saved. She could do nothing to save herself. She was dying. And so Paul tells us in these opening verses of Ephesians chapter 2, that we are like Anita Alvarez and we need to be rescued. We need to be saved. And that's why we need to be saved. It's because we're dead in our sins and in our trespasses before God. That's where we are. That's where we are by nature. And that is all of us. The Bible is very clear of that. That we are all like this. We are all like Anita Alvarez. Now, this is a picture. It's not a perfect picture. But I think it does illustrate well. And it's such a memorable picture. And then Paul comes and he describes to us salvation. Why God saves. What salvation is. And how we receive God's salvation. And there are three words in, in, in these verses which are really key in understanding what salvation is. And I've highlighted those three words on the screen there. Grace, gift, faith. Those are really important words for us to grasp and to understand so that we can understand God's salvation, so that we can understand what it means to go to heaven and how we can go to heaven. <coughs> the word grace tells us why God saves. The word gift tells us what salvation is and the word faith describes how we receive God's salvation grace grace means God's undeserved favor I'm sure you've heard that many times if you've uh, been coming to Fernley over a period of time God's undeserved favour. And it is by grace that we are saved. Someone has described grace as 
God's love in action for those who don't deserve it. Grace is God's love in action for those who don't deserve it. It is God reaching out to those who don't deserve his favour. God's grace is extravagant. God's grace is scandalous, we could say. There is no sinner who is too sinful and too far away from God to be reached by the grace of God. That's why God's grace is extravagant. It's scandalous. Some people struggle with this idea. How can it be that a person who has committed crimes, unspeakable crimes, can turn to God in faith, believing in the Lord Jesus and have his sins forgiven? That's scandalous. Some people can't accept it. But that's God's grace. There is no sinner who's too sinful or too far away from God to be reached by his grace. In chapter 3 of Ephesians, Paul speaks about the love of God. And grace is God's love in action. And Paul says about the love of God. And he speaks about its breadth and its length and its height and its depth. And John Stott says this about, John, about God's love. It is broad enough to encompass all mankind, long enough to last for eternity, deep enough to reach the most degraded sinner and high enough to exalt him or to exalt her to heaven. That's God's love. And that is God's grace. God's undeserved favor and Paul says here in Ephesians 2 verse 8 for by grace you have been saved by grace that's why God saves because God is a merciful and a gracious God and the word gift that Paul uses. He says, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. A gift is received, not earned. We don't work for a gift. I'm sure most of us here would have received something at Christmas. Perhaps all of us did. And we simply received the gift with thanks, I hope. But we received it. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. That is what God's salvation is. It is a gift. And then Paul says further. And he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is how we accept God's gift 
of salvation. It is about believing God. It is about trusting God. Faith is what saves, not works. Now, it's important to make, to qualify this, and it's implicit in this verse, I suppose, but it is faith in Christ which saves. It is not faith in general. You know, if you speak to, I suppose most people today, most people today will say they have faith. Some kind of faith. Maybe faith in the afterlife or faith in uh, a spiritual realm of some sort. But faith that Paul speaks about here in, in Ephesians 2 is faith which is placed in Christ. And it is faith in Christ which saves. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God. <clears throat> and Paul makes very clear in these verses also what does not save. It is not your own doing. It is not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I think this is, this is, these verses are my favorite verses, perhaps because it's a beautiful and clear description of salvation. It is by grace, through faith, it is the gift of God. That is what it is. What it is not is through our own doing, our works, so that we may boast. Who gets the glory when a person is saved? It's not that person who trusts in God. That person simply receives God's gift of salvation. God gets all the glory. And as Christians, we, we glory, we boast, not in ourselves, not in what we have done, but in what God has done for us. And we simply accepted by faith. We take God at his word and we receive his gift by faith. That gift of salvation which the Lord Jesus procured for us when he died on the cross. You know, someone, someone has, um, has described uh, or explained grace and uses the word, the letters of the word uh, grace as an acronym for this God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. And salvation is God giving us his riches. His blessings. 
at Christ's expense because Christ died on the cross. Christ endured suffering and death and being rejected by God, forsaken by God. And he bore the penalty of our sins. And because of that, we can enjoy God's riches, God's blessings, grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. And then Paul goes on in the end, in verse 10, he says, for we are his workmanship. He's now speaking about Christians. We are his workmanship, God's workmanship, God's masterpiece, some translations put it. We are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus, made new in Christ. That's the wonderful thing about salvation. It's we're not just created, made in the image of God, as we all are, but we are created in Christ Jesus. We are a new creation. We are God's workmanship. And we've been created for good works. We've not been saved by good works. But we've been created for good works. And we could put it like this. Good works are the fruit of salvation, not the root of salvation. And that's what Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 10 tell us. We have been saved by grace. Through faith, it is the gift of God. That is the root of our salvation. That is the foundation. That is the grounding. Good works are the fruit. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. And that's so important. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Let me just finish with uh, reading a few more verses. You know, it's not just Paul that teaches this. That salvation is through faith in the Lord Jesus. That is not about us trying and by being good. The whole scripture teaches this and the Lord taught this too. And the Lord taught a par- spoke a parable, and we read of it in, in Luke chapter 18. And it says in verse 9, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and they treated others with contempt. And he says, Two men went up into the temple to pray. Here we have on the left-hand side, the Pharisee. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you, but I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector here behind me. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. That was the tax that was the, the Pharisees' prayer 
in the temple. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's the two prayers. I wonder who went home justified, who went home saved on the way to heaven. This is what Jesus says. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Here was one man who trusted in himself and his achievements, in his performances, in his works. And then there was another man. He realized his sin. He recognized that there was nothing in himself deserving God's grace. And he put, and he, he just simply prayed to God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful. Be gracious. Show me grace. It was that tax collector, that sinful man who went home justified, on the road to heaven. And this parable beautifully illustrates the truths that we learned from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God. So, do I get to heaven if I try to be good? The answer from Scripture must be no. It is by faith. It is through faith in the Son of God who died on the cross, that we can be saved only through faith and only faith in Christ, which saves. May God bless this word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Your mercy is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. And we thank you for a new year. And as we enter a new year, Father, we pray that you'll help us to understand the greatness of your salvation and the greatness of our sin and that salvation is by your grace. And we pray that if there's anyone here today who's not saved, who's still trying, still working, that you'll speak to them open their eyes to see what you have done, that they may place their faith in you and accept the gift of salvation, we pray. Bless us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.